Welcome to the Canvas Rebel Podcast, where we believe your story matters. Your viewpoint and your insights matter. In our view, there is far too much coverage of the trends that ivory tower professors and billionaire fund managers are seeing. What's the edge in hearing the billionaire consensus view over and over again? The edge comes from hearing new perspectives and new information, like from the wedding planner who's worked with hundreds of couples during the pandemic and has noticed that new couples are allocating significantly more of their wedding budgets on small details like personalized neon signs, or hearing from an accountant who's seeing how there is a huge uptick in e-commerce clients generating revenue from in-person pop-ups. Those sorts of insights are what Canvas Rebel is all about. And today, Madison is chatting with some of our content partners about trends and lessons learned. Content partners help us in so many ways from sponsoring our mission to spreading the word about the work that we do and collaborating with us on content like this. And so with no further ado, here's Madison with today's panel. Hi, everyone. My name is Madison. I am beyond excited to be talking about all things photography and entrepreneurship on the podcast today. If you have been listening thus far, you know that I will not shut up about photography. It's something that is so near and dear to my heart and has really shaped me into the individual that I am today. So I am very excited to have five phenomenal photographers in different niche markets in different parts of the U.S. here today. Um, And I'd love to just get started with some introductions. All right. My name is Rochelle Perez. I'm from Silver City, New Mexico, born and raised there. I moved to Phoenix two years ago. Um, I'm a mother to two, and I started off as a portrait and lifestyle photographer, and that has evolved into restaurant marketing and food and drink photography. Incredible. Thank you. My name is Krista Lachlan. I'm based in South Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and I'm a professional photographer. I do a lot of grad photos, headshots, events, all types of portraits. Amazing. My name is Jake Coughlin from Tampa, Florida. I've been a photographer since 2010. I specialize in concert and motorsport photography. I've done concerts from small hole-in-the-wall venues all the way up to nationals. I've toured the country, so those are my two specialties. That's amazing. I'm Christina Graciano, based in Loveland, Colorado. I have a female-focused portrait studio. Um, We do headshots, family portraits, boudoir, um, high school seniors. Anywhere there might be a female, we photograph them in the studio. I love that. Hi, I am Tyler Ann. I am based in Chandler, Arizona. I've been doing photography, I want to say, since 2019. I'm fresh out of high school, so I'm still learning new things as I go, but I dabble with fashion and concert photography. Amazing. Well, let's jump right in. I would love to know, have you all been called to work as a photographer? Is this something that you feel like you were destined to do? What sort of challenges have you faced in that journey? I'm, I'm so curious. Whoever wants to go first, by all means, feel free to just chime in. I tried really hard not to be a photographer. Okay. Um, It was absolutely a calling um, from like 1984 when that National Geographic portrait of the Afghan girl with the amazing blue eyes came out. I just looked at her and I was like, I just want to photograph people like that. Yeah. And um, along the way, of course, I was told it wasn't practical and you can't make money as an artist or as a photographer. And so I tried very, very hard not to be a photographer. 
Um, but I start having very deep existential crises if I mm. don't photograph people. Yes, so. I know what that's like. <laughs> so here we are. Now I'm 43 and a very happy and financially stable photographer. <laughs> Love that. Well, I've been told I've always been into cameras ever since I've been like two or three years old. I guess I used to grab my mom's camera, take it and run around the house while I was dressed up like a Dalmatian when I was two. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it has been a calling to be able to do it professionally, though, is a whole different level. So I'm beyond grateful to be able to do it. Yeah, I love that. I knew from a young age I was a creative. Like I knew whatever I ended up being as an adult was going to involve something to channel my creative outlet. And I was going to college in 2014. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was kind of just going to get my basics. And I took photography as an elective and I fell in love with it. I knew the second I picked up that camera, I was like, this is what I want to do the rest of my mm. life. Yeah. I, I remember having a um, album on my Facebook from like 2008, 2009 of just, it says photography and it's just pictures of like grass and flowers. <laughs> So I think from, there. <laughs> yeah, so in the early stages, but yeah, I do believe um, it has been a calling, mainly my mom calling me and telling me that I need to do photography, but um, I'm glad I listened to her. Uh, started out in college too. I took a photography class and then evolved from there, taking photos of my friends that were graduating. And now I have a packed graduation season <laughs> every season. So I love that. <laughs> yeah for me god I think I'm still like figuring out what my thing is and photography like don't get me wrong I love it so much it's like one of my favorite things to do um I think it's just getting to learn more about the kinds of photography there is mm. that's I never like to stop learning I guess about yeah. things so that's why I'm like starting to get into film right now which is crazy but it's been a lot of fun yeah <laughs> I, I definitely think it's an industry that you, if you become stagnant, you will stop being successful. Oh. You have to continue learning. You have to continue expanding, researching, trying out new things. Um, because once you stop learning, then your work stops growing. Um, your clientele stops growing. You stop expanding your business. You stop being able to monetize your business. It's you can't you have to have a growth mindset as a photographer that's that's definitely something i'm learning this this industry is not for the faint of heart i'm sure you all can relate mm -hmm. to that but uh, it's it's definitely challenging for sure i would love to know next how you each have been able to find your artistic identity and voice i would say for me it's been trial and error i i always knew i wanted to photograph people um because they're the most challenging for me and yeah. i i love that but I think I've done a lot of stuff that I'm, I've been, you know, afterwards I've been like, oh, well, that wasn't super fun. So I'm not going to do that again. Or I don't really like how that, you know, what that produced. So I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. So for me, it's been a lot of trial and error. Yeah, I'll piggyback off that. Definitely trial and error for sure. Um, a lot of it is also looking at other people's work and taking certain aspects of it like, hey, I like that style or hey, I don't like this, but I like that and trying mm -hmm. to implement it into what you already do. So you're yeah. not stealing their style. Essentially, you're just kind of taking different pinpoints from it and incorporating into yours and really yeah. making it your identity at that point. 
I think from the beginning, I kind of just knew how I wanted to edit my photos. And I just continued doing that rather than, you know, it's great, like looking at other people's photos and you're like, oh, I like this about that. I like that about that. And then making it into your own and then doing what you like. Yeah. And I think from the beginning, it's just grown. I've taken pieces that I liked that I've found, and now it's grown into my own identity and um, mm. editing style. And I've just, I've been lucky to like have pieces from when I started that I still incorporate now into my work. Yes, that's important. <laughs> um, I've found my identity as an artist through some of my lowest points. Like mm. when I feel like giving up, I just like, that's when I try my hardest and just give it my all. Yeah. And I found like, I really love people. I've always been a people person. So I photograph people. I love people making, like making them feel good about their self. Like that empowers me empowering others. Yes. And, um, I love food. So I, I've got into that and that's, I never thought I'd get into food photography, but I, I love it. I never thought I'd love something as much as people, but that's how I've kind of just found yeah. my identity. I feel like the same way, minus the food part, but I do love food. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, personally, I think for me, I'm just always changing and growing. So like, I don't think I ever actually really have like a persona, I guess. I feel like I do, but I don't at the same time because I get bored. So I always have to change it up for me personally. Yeah. So I like trying Definitely. new things. It's just, just what I like to do. So a topic we've been talking about quite a bit lately on the podcast is creative burnout and overcoming that. I would love to know how you all have been able to stay motivated despite feeling burnt out. Money is great. <laughs> I got to pay rent. So having like, honestly, having bills is a great motivator. Like once you sign a lease on a studio, you have to, you got to shoot, you got to pay that bill. And I think that, um, I think being hungry is a great motivator. And For then sure. um, when you're not, when that's sort of taken care of and you're, you're, you know, sort of swimming along, then for me, the motivator is always, how can I be better? Like, mm. so that's, I'm always competing with myself. How can the next shoot be different, better, artsier, more interesting um, than the last shoot? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, there'll be times where I get so burnt out. I'll just have to take a couple days off. But what I'll do is if, say if I go on a trip or just go for a drive, I'll always bring my camera mm. and I'll try to photograph something completely different than what I normally do. So instead right. of a concert or a race car, hey, this palm tree looks amazing. How can I make it something that people would be interested in? Like, yeah. So to challenge yourself to do something new that can kind of get rid of the burnout a little bit, at least for me. Yeah. That's that's really well said. I think for me personally, I love reading and writing and poetry, music, all of that stuff. Um, sometimes like a word or like a song will just have like a completely new meaning to me randomly. And then it'll just inspire me. Like most of my inspiration for like shoots and stuff actually comes from music and poetry mm -hmm. books. Yeah. And then one book I recently just read was... I think it's called The Creative Act, The Way of Being by Rick Rubin. And mm. that book has definitely opened my mind up to a lot. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. It's a yeah. good book. First person that's recommended that to me, by the way. That's been brought yeah. up before. For me, mine is my kids. Um, I I want to show them anything. It's to follow their dreams. Mm. And they're doing that. Like, 
when I chased my photography career. Um, Because yeah. where I'm from, like, I think someone said it a while ago, like, photography isn't, like, looked at as a, like, respected, like, yeah. career. Yeah, yeah. And when I used to say that, people would look at me like, you want to do what? That's just a hobby. But I've turned right. it into my life. And yeah, I see that. So when I feel burnt out, I'll take a minute, I'll take a break, but I'll pick up my camera and I'll get back into it. Yeah. Something that helps me is I think about all the jobs that I've had before I made this my full-time job. And I'm like, I would so much rather be doing this than sitting in an office doing office work. So ah. I like if I do get burnout, which is often after grad season, yeah, take like a break and try to regroup and get inspired in another way. And yeah, that, and also raising my prices. <laughs> so. Yeah, for sure. Know your worth and then add tax on top of that. <laughs> well, that's really a great segue into my next question. How have you each been able, and this is, you know, something I'm still kind of figuring out myself and I feel like it's an ever-changing journey, but how have you been able to decipher between a career that fuels your passion and a job that puts food on the table? Because sometimes they don't overlap. Well, you can find the overlap. Um, there's always like what you love to do and what you're good at and what people will value. And yeah. so, right, like um, I'm really good at attracting all the mosquitoes in a given area, but people won't pay for that. So that's not a marketable skill set. Um, so like finding the overlap of what you're good at, what you love to do and what people will value is, is where you find the sweet spot. And so, um, and once you find that sweet spot, you know, you just keep hammering away at it. Take the leap of faith. Yeah. Yeah, the overlap, it's a weird area as a photographer, for sure. Um, yeah. For me, it was becoming really versatile. While my specialties, like I said, are concerts and motorsports, I can do all the other areas. So to put food on the table, say the concert season's slow or they just don't have the money at the time for the photos, I can still do your portrait shoots, your real estate shoots. Yep. So I'd say being versatile and having as many channels of photography income as you can that really helps kind of close that bridge and still be able to pay your bills as well. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Basically, if someone comes to me with some idea or another type of photography, I kind of just do all my research and jump right in and try to do it and learn as much as I can to, again, make that overlap and bring everything together so I can continue being a photographer and I don't yeah. have to get a different job in an office or yeah <laughs> i'm a strong believer in god and he's opened so many doors for me and i just believe that we all have a purpose and once you find that purpose like like i found photography as you guys did like there's a reason for us to like be doing what we do like it gives yeah. us our life meaning yeah. and i think when everyone finds that it's not going to feel like you're working because yeah. you're doing what you love definitely I personally, I still have a full-time job. I actually work at Panera on the weekend or the weekdays. And then I do most of my photography stuff on the weekends. So my schedule is very compact. I never sleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I I love it as of right now. Um, but it's definitely, for me, it's just been slow. Like, So I'm just kind of like 
booking at options right now, but I'm having fun. And yeah, I think that's all that matters for me. Yes, that's important. <laughs> for a long time, I had other jobs. So like photography was my main gig, but I had side hustles that, you know, paid for stuff. So um, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing what right. you got to do to make it work. Yeah. I, and I think, I, oh, go ahead. I agree. I've done like temp jobs on the side where it's kind of like, oh, during the weekdays, I can do these, this temp job and keep me going. And then on the weekends, do my photography. So it's all about making things work. <laughs> yeah. And I was just going to say, I think it speaks volumes to being able to make a wise decision as well, because as much as we'd love to jump right into photography full time and really niche down and say, I'm only doing concerts in 2023 and I'm not taking on any other clients. As cool as that would be to say, that's not a wise financial decision. Um, so having that willingness and that open-mindedness to say, yes, this is my niche. This is what I advertise that I do. But when I need that additional income, I'm willing to take on any type of project because I know I have a table to put food on and rent to pay and bills to pay and, and equipment and subscriptions and all the things, the marketing, all the things, as you all know, um, being able to make that wise decision and to trust that you will still grow in your niche while putting food on the table is, is admirable for each of you. My next question, how do you each plan to continue to grow as an artist this year? Personally, I'd probably say networking. Yeah. Networking has been my best friend this year so far. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's, that's the purpose of this podcast. Of yeah. It's been a lot of fun. I didn't realize how much I actually enjoyed like connecting with people, connecting with creatives, because I went to school where there wasn't a lot of that. Like it was more yeah. so athletes. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, I'm like the only art nerd here. I don't, yep. I don't know then what there. to do. Yep. But it's been so much fun because it's like, you're like, wow, like there are actually so many creative people out there, like the people yeah. I want to work with too. And it's like, it really inspires me to be more of like, more of an artist, I guess. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I live in Chandler too, if you ever want to network. I say, yes. yeah, I live in Chandler, so I would love to like link and collab sometime. I would love to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow you right after this. Okay, I'll follow you. <laughs> I, uh, I I enter photo competitions, so there's like um, different portrait competitions, and um, until this year, WPPI had a print competition. Um, so it's really you really have to swallow your pride to enter those because it's a little terrifying. Um, and then to have them, then they, they do live judging. And so you can hear what the judges say about your photos and, and, um, yeah, it's, um, it really, for me, it really fuels me to want to be better and really, um, makes me grow. It also is a lot of like, there's been tears. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think this year I want to continue to step out of my comfort zone. I did that a lot last year. Like I started um, doing freelance photography for Chandler City Lifestyle and it's not a paid gig. Like I was like, do I do this? Like, do I use my time for free? But it's probably one of the best things I did because it opened me up to so much more clients. Um, I have magazine experience now. And then that opened, like that made my resume more open for my um, restaurant marketing job. So yeah, yeah. So I, 
I found something I didn't know I would love doing by just stepping out of comfort zones. So I think that's important. Yeah. I agree with that. I really want to try to get into concert photography. I've been saying that I really want to do that for so long now. So I feel like this is the year I have to somehow break into that. Or even if I just take my little camera (laughs) with the non-detachable lenses yes that's that's how you start yep yeah i'm about to do that in my next uh show i go to but um so that's awesome to hear you guys have done all that and i'm definitely gonna look at all your instagrams after this yes one thing i learned is like it's not gonna happen overnight like it's it's a process and it's a beautiful painful process but it's worth it you just gotta believe in yourself and you can make anything you want happen it's so it's, nice talking to other creatives too, especially about something you're all passionate about. I love it. <laughs> it's so true too on the networking aspect. Um, no matter what size event or gig that you're at, always network. Whether there's two people there or 20,000 people there, there's going to be someone there that you can link with. And whether it's learn something, perhaps even set up your next gig. Yeah. I've got, I got the privilege to work a couple TV events this past year on NBC. And I'm just like, oh, this is cool. So I made sure to talk to anybody and everybody that I could introduce myself, kind yeah. of make my face known at that event. And they remembered me at the next event. So it it obviously works. So yeah. I recommend that to anybody as well. You never know who is watching too in a room like that. Like they might see you being super social and introducing yourself and being really approachable and friendly and that next thing you know, they're coming up to you and they're offering you your next huge gig and the next life-changing opportunity. So I think it really pays to be friendly and authentic and relatable uh, in any environment. Like you said, whether there's two attendees or 20,000, you gotta be that approachable, relatable person. Oh yeah, and confidence too. Um, Oh, for sure. Even if you are scared, keep your head up, act like you know what you're doing at least, and that goes a long way. Eventually, if you fake it long enough, it will become real, (laughs) especially with concerts. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I am scared. I'm shitting my pants right now. (laughs) But you would not know that by the look on my face. You think I've been doing this for forever. But Mm -hmm. nope, internally, I'm crying. Well, thank you all so much for your time today. This was such a fun conversation and I am just so excited to see what this year has in store for each of you. I know it's going to be nothing but blessings and amazing abundance for each of you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks everyone.